This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. And he knows how to deal with adversity now because I flattened his French horn and made him watch and whispered some things in his ears to the effect of, I'll kill you, <laughs> you little fucking son of a bitch. So the headline of this article says, police raid home for meth and also find dead bald eagle. Well, I mean, when you have meth, <laughs> you have other random. How do you acquire a bald eagle? If you actually came to band class and saw the shit we did, like, I mean, I'm legitimately I'm over there smacking around some cripple kid. <laughs> Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Have you ever been so embarrassed that you wanted to lay on the ground and turn yourself into a turtle? Like where you had a shell on your back and you could pull your arms and legs into it and you could just hide from everybody else in the room? Have you ever been so embarrassed by your parents while you were in school that you wanted to literally move to a different fucking country, change your name, and just hide out like this was the witness protection program so everybody you went to school with would have no idea what had happened to you? Well, one of the first times I ever got this embarrassed, I was in ninth grade, and I have yet to forget it. See, growing up, we moved around a lot. From the time that I was in elementary school until I graduated, I went to about 10 different schools. And every time we would move, my dad would always give me the same speech because I'd tell him, man, this just sucks because I got friends I'm all into and I'm like really liking this guy. I'm you know, like liking hanging out with that guy. And my dad always say, don't worry about them friends. You got Shane. It's going to be fine. You're going to move to a new house. You'll be able to pick a new room. You'll go to a new school. You'll have new friends in the neighborhood. You'll have new friends in school. It's going to be awesome. And for him, it was awesome because he could drive anywhere he wanted to because he was an adult with a car and he could go see his friends but for me it was like Thanos had snapped his fingers as soon as I was out of the school all those friends were gone before social media before the internet before any of that shit when you moved long distance was a thing if you called your friends two or three cities over you were in fucking trouble for spending long distance money and what were your mom and dad gonna do get you some stamps so you could write some letters no that shit didn't happen back then my friends were just gone well, when I was in fourth grade, mom and dad come to me and my little brother and they say, we're moving to Villa Rica, Georgia, and we're going to stay there. This is the place we're going to live. And I rolled my eyes. Even in fourth grade, I was like, whatever. We've moved around so much at this point. I know we're not going to stay there. But we get to fourth grade and we end up staying there all the way through fifth grade. And then we stay there from fifth grade to sixth grade, sixth to seventh, and then seventh to eighth. And we get to eighth grade and suddenly I'm starting to feel comfortable. I got a girlfriend, I've got some friends, and I'm thinking this is where we're going to live. And then halfway through my eighth grade year, mom and dad come to me and my little brother and say, we're moving again. What do you mean we're moving again? You guys told us we're staying here. This is where we're going to live. Villa Rica is where we're going to live. And mom and dad said, nah, don't worry about it though, Shane. You're going to find some new friends. You're going to be able to have a new school. I put my hand up. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I was salty like a fucking peanut at this point. At 13 years old, I didn't want to hear this shit. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to be a part of it. I just wanted to basically draw into myself. I moved to my new school and I spent the first few months there not even trying to make friends, not even trying to be myself. I don't want to deal with anybody. But in ninth grade, everything changed. 
See, I started to kind of feel like maybe we are going to stay here because my grandmother and grandfather were living down the street from us. My dad's brother was down the street from us. I'd started to make a few friends towards the end of eighth grade, but in the beginning of ninth grade, that's when marching band started. And for being a poor kid when you're growing up, when marching band started, that meant that I was a part of something. All the time I was growing up, I wanted to do all these extracurricular activities like play football or Boy Scouts or something like that. But all that shit costs money. When you do trips and you go out of town or you have to rent equipment, all that shit costs money. But in marching band, they would give me the drum. All I had to do was just commit to being there on a Tuesday or a Thursday. I had to commit to being there on Fridays to be able to play at the halftime shows for the marching band. And being a marching band meant that I was a part of something. I had found my people and my tribe. When we would play and we would perform, that would mean that we were performing in front of everybody in the stands and they were looking down at us. I felt like I was finally a part of something when I got to marching band. Well, when you're in marching band, it's not just about playing the shows or the halftime shows on Fridays. You also go to band competitions, which are where people from the city or from the region or maybe even like, you know, the southeast or the northeast, wherever you're from, get together and compete against each other. And at the beginning of the year, I come to mom and dad and I say, here are these, these three permission slips for these three competitions. And one of them is for the Southern Marching Band Classic at Georgia Tech. Mom and dad are really proud. They're like, Shane, does this mean you're going to play on the field at Georgia Tech? And I say, yeah, that means I'm going to play on the field at Georgia Tech. And they are so proud of me. They are so excited for me. And I'm starting to feel proud for myself. Like, wow, I'm really going to do this. Well, they signed this permission slip at the very beginning of the year. And we get all the way up to the week of the Georgia Tech competition. And my mom and dad decide to go over to my Aunt Jan and Uncle Sam's house. And they start talking about possibly going out of town. They start throwing around the idea of possibly going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a long weekend. Maybe leave on a Thursday night and get back on a Sunday. And they're starting to get really excited about it and jacked up about it. And my dad says, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and do it this weekend? And my heart sinks. We're hanging out on a Sunday. The marching band competition is the next Saturday. Now, I don't say anything at the time. I wait until we get into the car, but I say, you guys know that I have a competition coming up on the Saturday. And my dad turns around as my mom is driving and says, boy, I don't give a damn what you got going on the Saturday. If we're going out of town, you're going to be in that car. You better make sure you're ready to go. I'm crushed. This one thing that I've been waiting for for all this time has come up. And now I'm being told that I'm not going to be able to do it. The gears start turning in my head and I'm trying to find a way to figure out a way to still be able to go to the competition and get out of going to Gatlinburg. But I don't want to say anything to anybody at school. I don't want to freak anybody out. So Monday comes, I don't say anything. Tuesday comes, I go ahead and go to band practice. I don't say anything to anybody. Wednesday night comes and I talk to my mom and I say, listen, I've got to be able to be at this competition. I cannot miss it. And my mom says, listen, your dad is set on us going, but if you can find somebody who will watch you then maybe you can go hang out with a friend or something like that. But if you can't, then you've got to be there with us when we go to Gatlinburg. So I decide I'm going to go to practice on Thursday. I'm not going to say anything to anybody during the day. I'm going to wait till we get to practice that night. And I'm going to talk to my best friend, Billy, about possibly me being able to go over to his house. Well, Billy ended up having football practice that day and not making it to band until right when we started band practice. And my dad had told me, when I get there tonight, after practice is over, you either better have a way to get somebody to watch you or you better be ready to go at nine o'clock because we are leaving from practice to go to Gatlinburg. So that's what's in my mind. On this night, it had been raining outside, so we couldn't be outside actually marching. So we're inside the band room. The entire band is together. All the color guard, the drums, the horns, the woodwinds, everybody is together in the band room and we're all marching there. And it gets to be about 8.30, almost at the end of practice. And I see my dad out of my peripheral vision standing in the doorway of the band room. 
Now he told me he would be there at nine and I've got a watch on, I can tell that it's only 8.30. So I keep on playing and I keep on playing. And my thought in my head is as soon as we get to nine o'clock, I'm gonna run over to my friend Billy, ask him if I can stay with him. He's 99% gonna say yes, don't worry about it. And my dad's gonna say cool and he's gonna leave. Well, at about 8.45, my dad walks across the room as we're in the middle of the performance and grabs me by my shoulder and says, we got to go. And the whole band is looking at me. Nobody stops playing or anything like that, but I set my drum down in the middle of us playing and I have to stop playing. The band stops and I have to walk out of the room. And everybody is staring at me as I'm walking out of the room. And I feel like that turtle that I mentioned at the beginning of the story, that one who just wants to crawl into a shell on the ground and not have this really be happening. I ended up going to Gatlinburg with my family that weekend and missing the competition. And nothing went awry as far as the band competition. They still did really well without me, but I really fucking wanted to be there. And there's no real moral to the story or anything like that, other than sometimes you just have to do shit that you don't want to do. Hey guys, welcome back to a show that remembers when all of us kids who watched Knight Rider just wanted our parents' cars to be able to talk to us. And now that we're older and we have stuff like Siri and Google Assistant, our cars actually do talk to us, and we really don't give a shit at all. Or as we like to call it, Now That I'm Older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you, just like our badass patrons. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Feminists Without Mystique, the Saucy Rockets, a hockey podcast, and the Gin and Spirits podcast. And this week we start out talking about some meth and a dead bald eagle. And by the end of the show, we're talking about how Kenny believes in radical equality when it comes to beating up crippled kids. Trust me, it's a very wild ride this week and you're going to want to stick it out. So check it out. We'll be right back. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're recording. So, first off, I've done um, I've done some things in my life. Um, I've never had fifty eight grams of meth in my house ever. Fifty eight grams—that's a lot of meth. That's a fucking lot of meth. The So, never had one ounce. I hope I I know of ever fifty eight grams. grams still of meth. Yeah, meth's not a drug you want to just have laying around. <laughs> so I'm going to read the headline, then we're going to get into the story. But you don't have a meth box. You know, like you have a weed box. <laughs> a little box with all your weed in it. Do you have a bag that you put meth in, though? I would think you just put it in the big hole where your fucking ambitions used to be. <laughs> like, I think about our friend Jamie, who, like, had the whole thing where he, like, started doing meth. Then he started doing heroin. Then he started doing crack. And I'm like... Dude, you are an after-school fucking special. And I would have these conversations with him. He was like, man, one day I was having the conversation with him. And I was like, uh, he said, man, nobody will. Uh, nobody wants me to come over anymore. Nobody wants to hang out with me. I was like, Jamie, you're a meth head. Nobody wants to hang out with you because you're a meth head. I was like, you need to get off of drugs. And like the rest of us still like drink and smoke pot and stuff like that. But you have to get off of drugs. Do some cocaine off of strippers' titties. <laughs> But not meth. 
<laughs> so the headline of this article says, police raid home for meth and also find dead bald eagle. Well, I mean, when you have meth, <laughs> you have other random... How do you acquire a bald eagle in the process? I mean, uh, maybe the eagle had a problem. And he used to be a client. <laughs> I just need to get one fix, man. I just need to get one Maybe fix. Maybe he did too much product while he was over there. And while he's, they can't go to the police and be like, hey, this eagle did a bunch of meth in my house. Just watch Pulp Fiction. So, and I'm going through the mindset of like when Uma Thurman like starts ODing. Don't bring her here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Prank caller. Are you calling me on a cellular phone? Prank caller. I don't know you. Prank caller. <laughs> so in, police in Anderson, Missouri searched two homes uh, just recently. And they seized 58 grams of meth. One gun, a stolen ATV, and a stolen horse trailer. Now, there's a lot to unpack even before we get out of the sentence. First off, there's 58 grams of meth there, and there's only one gun. What are you going to do with one? If you've got 58 grams in the meth then world. Why are you going to the, in the call Saul mode here and offering legal advice? To I'm not dealers. offering legal advice. I'm saying, dude, or tactical I'm, advice. This is not a time where we should be helping them, Shane. Well, they've already been caught. Well, they're already why are you the encouraging? Street. Well, there are, might be other young junior meth dealers <laughs> listening to the show right now. Junior, you're encouraging them to have more firearms. Junior meth dealers, if you have 58 grams of methamphetamine and you've got 58 grams of product to move, you need to make sure to have at least a shotgun as well. To These defend. are the very people I'm building Pal Pals for. So we can combat them, and you're giving them weapons advice? You traitor to the cause. I'm not a traitor to the cause. Dude. Who do you I'm think we're going to fight? Who do you think you're going to be on the side? Who's going to be on Team Zombie? The meth heads. They're already halfway there. I don't know that they're going to be Team Zombie. I think they can be recruited no, into dude, our— No, dude, no. Remember what happened to Jamie? He was he couldn't—he was our friend, and we couldn't help him. What are you going to do with meth heads we don't even like? I think we can get them on our side. They're not going to have any teeth. That's fine. They no, it's you. not okay. <laughs> So the only anyway. teeth deals we're making are with the Waffle House employees. Because the <laughs> they're useful and yeah, have good they, work they ethic. They cook amazing hash browns. Um, so there's, dude, a there's a black dude at the, at the Waffle House by my house. He works the late shift. He's a cook a lot. And this dude sleeps <laughs> while he's there. Because the Waffle House out where I live is not that busy. He sleeps until you come in. They have to wake him up to cook your food. That's awesome, dude. But I get ill if he's not there because that sleepy motherfucker cooks the best hash browns. It's equivalent to him smoking a blunt outside. It really is. And he'll ask you. He'll because I get country ham because country ham's healthy and it's good. Scattered um, cover, scattered smothered. No, I mean that's shocked. my my entree to go with my hash browns. Oh, okay. I thought the big piece of country ham. Oh, okay. I get and he goes into trouble. He'll always be like. How you want that ham? You want it real burnt, little burnt, medium burnt? And I'm like, medium burnt. So I get good flavor, but not like crispy. And you know, like, char, you want yeah, like... I want I want good brown, but not right. black. And he's like, got you. And he'll make it. He's like, how much you want me to scatter these hash browns? <laughs> like, like, he gives a shit about the food. And I always make sure to tell him thank you, because I know that nigga woke up to come and cook me food, and you should appreciate somebody who will wake up and come get you food, whether they're getting paid or not. I mean, honestly, he needs... But, dude, he'll be asleep, and they'll be, sometimes it takes him a minute to get him <laughs> Like, he sleeps hard in, on, the, on the... You know, they always sit in the back booth. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's in the corner, man. He is Well, when out. you used to be in school... You know exactly how hard he's sleeping because every now and then they sit you up. I never slept in school. Oh, shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. You never slept in school? No, school was a war environment. A war there environment? Was no, there was no closing your eyes for long periods of time in that environment. No. Somebody could attack. I don't think that... You, you never fought people with deaths, did you? No, you did not. I, I lived a different experience in school than you. You were obviously big. 
<laughs> when I had baggy clothes on, you didn't know I was big. I was just average height. They didn't know that I would pick up a desk and clobber them, so I had to be on guard. See, I would sit next to the wall in school, put my elbow up against it, and then pass right the fuck out. You were a bit way. You were, now we're close to the same size, but in high school, you were much bigger than me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a beefy fellow. I always have been. You're, and you're I much smaller you. than you used to be, and I'm much larger than I used to be. But, I mean, I was always stronger than everybody else. Except me, because I dwarfed you. Dude, you didn't dwarf me so much that I couldn't pick you up for the torture rack one time. Shut up. And there was nobody else in our group that could pick you up. In a pool. Anybody. In a I pool. I still got you out of the water. And I got you out of the water, too. Shut it up. wasn't a big deal. I weighed 220 pounds. You were my <laughs> size back then. You were like 300 pounds. It was just like when Brock, or when Brock Lesnar picked up the giant. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, dude. Well, I, see, I never got attacked. Remember when we played football? You remember when we played football? You and I we ended didn't up on the same even team. have to run at our highest ability because we could just trot, and when they get close, just push them over. They would get close and try to like. We would play football, and people would come up to try to tackle me or Kenny, and we were. We were men amongst boys when it came to our size. Like we had gotten huge. <laughs> and we grew up playing sports. We, but I'm saying we got really big. Like everybody we, else. I did. know my dad was all like, "You're going outside. You're doing some. We're doing. You're not sitting here and playing video games all day, boy." We would get the uh, the. It would be roughly around ten o'clock right after breakfast because mom or dad would be home. Typically, dad would be home because mom had to work like obnoxiously. I'm mostly thinking early. of Saturdays because Saturdays. That's what I'm thinking of. Saturdays. Oh, your parents worked on the weekends. So my mom would work on the weekends. She'd open. She'd get up at like three o'clock in the morning in Villarica and drive from Villarica, Georgia, all the way down to Austell Road, like fucking thirty miles away to go to work and shit, which was a. It's a ridiculous fucking commute for a Burger King. Really poor tactics. Dude, why would we live in fucking Alabama compared to her job? That just didn't make any sense. But anyway, dad would get up. He'd cook breakfast. We'd hang out for a few minutes. We, you know, He'd cut up with us and be like, all right, boys, I need to go outside yeah, right get now. Get outside. <laughs> I want to see how the sun goes down. You come th- in at 12 and get some lunch. That's it. You can come in and get water. Oh, we would be able to come in and get a sandwich, but we would have to make a sandwich, like a bologna and cheese sandwich. Let's not get it twisted. Usually just bologna because cheese was a delicacy. Like that, that cheese was for dad. Cheese wasn't a delicacy at our house, but getting, if you had craft cheese. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We Ooh. had those, we had that poil, that poured uh, yellow oil stuff. Yeah, we did too. We were allowed to have that all day, but the craft cheese, if you got into that, you would get your ass full. Oh, yeah. That's for dad's sandwiches during the week. That's, that's for his lunch. That's for dinners. <laughs> So we'd come in and get a bologna and cheese sandwich and fucking go outside, but we would legit be outside from about mine would be immediately as soon as you woke up on as soon as my parents woke up because it started you know Saturday mornings could be your like like free time if you played your cards right that's when you get all the fudge rounds. <laughs> Back when you have to get a fucking chair to get that's, up on the top exactly, of the bridge. Exactly. That's when I climb up on shit. I was like, oh, they got all kind of cool shit up on these top shit. Oh shit, I think they Steven, wake up. Steven. Look out, look out. Right. Exactly. You have the little Steven. brother doing a lookout. And Steven have his head like sticking out of the kitchen, like looking around the wall <laughs> and be like, Shane, Shane, they're coming, they're coming. And I grab like two or three fudge rounds and put stuff them in my pockets. Yeah. And mom or dad would inevitably always come in the fucking kitchen and be like, what are y'all doing in here? Nothing. Yeah, my and parents, as soon as you said nothing, my dad was like a fucking bloodhound. He'd be like, he knew, what you got in your not, pockets? That was not the right answer. What you got in your pockets? In our household, it was as soon as you got up on Saturdays, pretty much, you were thrown out. And my parents always made us play sports, like, on a team. So it's like, I knew how to play sports. I, I'd been playing sports forever, and I lived in predominantly black neighborhoods where that's all you did anyway. Like, you didn't go play video games. You went and played basketball or football. And or baseball. 
We didn't play a lot of baseball because the cul-de-sac, the houses were too close to the. We couldn't hit it good. There was yeah. we played in my backyard a little bit, but we could only do pitch and hit. Because when you got a good hit, you knocked it into the woods, and we weren't going to find it. <laughs> so we'd do that a little bit, but mostly it was basketball and football. So I knew how to fucking take a hit and how to lay a hit and how to fucking knock somebody down when they tried to hit you. And our friends were nerds, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And like their parents let them play video games all weekend, so they weren't exactly. Their their two hundred and eighty pounds weren't the exact same as my two hundred and eighty pounds. Well, the way that um, I remember when you and I um, were in band and everything like that, we got challenged by the football players to play a football game. And then after that football game, we were like, we legit tackled the shit out of a few football players and like a couple of them. We got in play trouble the next because game. we got in trouble because the, the people couldn't play at the football game after they played football. With exactly, us. we had people who were out with ankle injuries, people who were out with rib injuries and shit. And like, that was well, the happened? most weak lecture I ever got though, because you could tell Mr. Bradley was totally happy. That we hurt some of the football players. So if you went to a high school like ours where the band was actually a better football team than the varsity football team, you may have had a big problem. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break. But when we get back, we get into our band days. And then we discuss Kenny's idea of radical equality and justice and how not beating up a crippled kid is bigoted if he's mouthing off. So check it out. We'll be right back. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? In what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. point, don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with babes all day. Besides, we both know I'm training to become a cage fighter. Do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The... That's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. Nerd! Uh, this is... 
I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like, especially not like a guy where, you know, like Harrisport or, or Luke or, you know, even if I swung the other way and said, ooh, Leia. What do you want? Ewoks like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I mean, little double Ewoks. If I if if I were going to go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other? When I can have Chewbacca. So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're so I married a movie geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Back when we were in Osborne, we used to basically get shit on by everybody in the school. Like, they didn't... For some reason, they just hated the band. For some reason, the, the football players were just like, fuck you guys, we don't really need a band or anything like that. So Mr. We Bradley took... a band, dude. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. Like, why would you have a beef with the band? I was so mad when I got my first letter for the letter jackets because it said band on it. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm playing online about this later in life, guys. You guys are fucking me up here. Can I get one that doesn't say band? Can I just get a, just an O? Just no band? How about, how about chess club? I'll take anything. I mean, it's fucking... <laughs> I'll take math club over band if you would, please. <laughs> Latin club, if you will. Do you have a Latin symbol? Um, the the whole thing back then, though, we got a, a talking to from Mr. Bradley. And you guys have to understand, our band director was about 120 years old. And he didn't give a shit about the administration. He didn't. Honestly, when you went. Because he smoked, <laughs> like, while teaching. And, <laughs> like, serious, like cigarettes. He would stand, like, 100 feet away from where we were marching on the field during practice. And he'd just be packing cigarettes down his throat. This dude smoked cigarettes like some people breathe air, dude. He like, caught people. We've told the story where he caught people drinking at a football game while performing. And he still didn't rat us out to the fucking admin. He dealt with it. He dealt with everything in-house. Oh, he would set your ass on the sideline to where you had to wear your uniform and march in place. You couldn't march sometimes. <laughs> he would do that shit. Like, he would embarrass the fuck out of you, but he wouldn't tell the administration. You had to really, really fuck up I don't, good. Nothing ever happened that he went... There were five... Nothing ever happened in the eight years or the four years I was in that school. <laughs> say, well, how long were you there? <laughs> I mean, between the two, is it, well, no, you got there because you, you didn't do your freshman year. So, all together, four years. All the four years I was there, nothing ever happened there. He went outside band structure he didn't believe in going to the administration he was one of those guys he told us a story one time he said uh back in the 70s i had this kid come in with a gun and i jammed my hand in between the hammer and the actual gun he was a world war ii vet i know that's what i'm talking about like this was a grizzled old man who like honestly probably like stormed some beaches he wore wore tom glancy sunglasses all the time too and he always had his little ball cap on he looked like tom clancy kind of he honestly and plus he had like he could rib people Oh, he was a badass when it came to like actually right. getting into your shit. That's why he didn't need the, the – he would just embarrass you in front of the whole class and just make you look really fucking stupid. Oh, he made so much – like there was a kid that we had in um, 
I want to say I was a senior and he was a freshman. And the kid went on to be like a really popular kid in school, but he played trumpet. And he started doing a performance and he had these socks pulled <laughs> excuse me, way up to his fucking cat, like all the way up his calf, like almost touching his knee and shit. Like the really sexy girls do in some of the fucking like porn videos and stuff. That's what this kid had going on with his socks. I got in trouble once for wearing sunglasses. Hold on. I called this kid socks during his, I was like, good job, socks on the fucking uh, tr- the trumpet solo. For the next four years in band, everybody called this kid socks. Outside of this, he was popular. Paul, and Paul dated his sister later in life. Yeah, that was weird. It was very so, weird. So getting back to the whole story we had, um, 58 grams of meth, a gun, a stolen ATV, and a stolen horse trailer. I got, in, tr- off, I got in trouble for wearing my sunglasses during a band performance once. Didn't a couple of you guys wear uh, sunglasses? Yeah, it was a couple of us. In the pit? It was in the pit, and then also when I was out in the fort, when I played brass, we did it with some of the drummers too. It was the quad players and the trumpet players. It got in a lot of trouble. He um, was so mad at us. He he made fun of us for like thirty minutes straight. I, uh, he asked me if I was bow legged. <laughs> I remember actually. Like, being- Am I? I was subconscious. <laughs> he was like, "Quit looking at your legs, goddamn!" I was like, "But I'm trying to see if I'm bow legged, sir." You tell me. I'm Do like, I appear bow legged? I'm a little pigeon, dude. I don't think I'm- <laughs> Do I appear bow legged? I don't think I'm bow legged. I, mean, I don't watch myself walk. I mean, is there something going on? Get back in attention, okay? Fine. Could I be bow legged? Told um, me to take sunglasses off. Shit. So we uh we had this uh, band concert one year, and um, me and uh, the rest of the drummers all wore Santa hats. And we decided that when we did Jingle Bells, we were going to take the Santa hats and like stand them straight up to where they look like the elf hats from like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and shit. And we started bobbing up and down. Darn and going, lame. We started, well, here's the thing. Like we started going back and forth because we were always trying to do something to have fun and shit like that back there. So we're doing this. As soon as we get off stage, the uh, Mr. Bradley's um, daughter comes to us and goes, I thought you were going to be leadership material. Like she tried to shame me for trying to like dance during band class. And I'm like, if you actually came to band class and saw the shit we did, like, I mean, I'm Bob, legitimately I'm seen. I'm over there smacking around some cripple kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's an intro clip right there all by itself. Dude, we've told the story about the kid with cerebral palsy. He asked for it. He got it. That's equality. I'm sorry that I don't, I don't discriminate. Kenny stomped this His dad thanked me for it. Kenny stomped his this dad was a band supporter. His dad was cool. I liked his dad. And I didn't take nobody's shit. So when his son gave me some shit, you know what? <laughs> I don't have pity for you. You're a grown ass man. Well, you're not a grown ass man. You're, you're a grown child. You're a grown ass high schooler. And just because one of your legs don't work right, little Momo, it does not mean you get to talk shit to me without consequences. I didn't hit him. Kenny threw this kid's gr- instrument on the ground and stomped it flat to where it was like basically a piece of art after he was, <laughs> was done with it. It was a French horn. I, I, and French horns are like thousands of dollars, aren't they? He shouldn't have smacked me. He smacked me. There's a little fucker smack. There's a fucking. How did we go to talking about methamphetamines and dead bald eagles and talking about you smacking a kid in band class? I, don't I didn't smack that. him. You got it backwards. Well, he, he smacked you. I'm sorry. He slapped yeah. the shit out of and you. And he used his good hand. He didn't use the little <laughs> gimpy one. <He> just <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. He used the good ones. I mean, if he'd hit me with the cripple hand, I, I might have just like given him a verbal thrashing. But he hit me with the good hand, so I had to do something. I couldn't let that fly. I had fucking. I had cloud on the line at that point. Oh and I saw God, his dad. I, his dad was there. I saw there was eye contact. His dad was a Navy man. He taught ROTC at the school. So his dad looked at me like, hands up. So if you guys are, can't, are listening, you can't see what Shane's saying. Kind of put his hands up like, he asked you for it. <laughs> so I had to do something. So you had to attack the uh, the crippled child. I didn't attack him. I smacked him around a little bit. 
I didn't even smack him. I just kind of caught him up by his cuff, took his instrument, threw it on the ground, made him watch. <laughs> I kind of held him by the back of the shirt while I flattened that instrument out. So, in effect, what you did was you bullied a crippled child. No, I stood up to him being bullied because he was known in the band as a, being a little asshole, and you couldn't do anything about it because he he used so, the, he used his crutch as a crutch. <laughs> he was fucking Jimmy, but he without the comedy basically. Yeah, he was. If Jimmy was a dick. Just like Preston. Oh, Nobody felt sorry for other... Preston. Nobody felt sorry for Preston when I sent those ear his hearing aids flying either. I was not shamed for that at all. I was getting high fives, dude. Finally, somebody stood up to the cripple. I believe if you don't treat people with disabilities with the same amount of sarcasm and, <laughs> and retribution that you would to anybody else, you're being a bigot. If he can't, he's gonna have to get in real life one day, and little Momo there is gonna have to deal with bosses and and shitty cashiers and people at fast food restaurants who are gonna make his food wrong. And he knows how to deal with adversity now because I flattened his French horn and made him watch and whispered some things in his ears to the effect of "I'll kill you, <laughs> you little fucking son of a bitch." I think what's really fucked up is how he probably took that French horn and melted it down, and now he's turned it into bullets. Oh, if I'm on his list, that's great. He can hobble his little ass over here and get a new lesson. <laughs> he's going to fucking be, all you're going to do, I'm going to be sitting here doing the podcast one day, and I'm going to see a little red dot on your fucking temple, like, can I get down? Can I, it's the cripple kid? <laughs> like, don't worry. The dot's all shaky. <laughs> little, little shaky. Little shaky. <laughs> he's not going to make it. He's going to miss. All we're gonna hear is doop. it's gonna be the fucking little broken window and shit, but it's gonna be like way over here. It's gonna hit me. Gonna That's hear, what's gonna fucking it's happen. Gonna it's gonna hit me. It's gonna hit you, and you're gonna hear his like scream of. <laughs> That's what it's gonna sound like through the window. But he's gonna be out there so mad. I I, I will be pretty <laughs> mad. I will be pretty I'm mad. Like, Damn Shane, you got shot. Then I'm gonna go shoot him. I'm gonna be like, I have to shoot you. I know you're crippled, but if I don't shoot you, I'm a bigot. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I can't be a bigot. I have to shoot you like I would shoot anybody else. Because you have to treat him with do equal you want, Do you want me to shoot you in the bad leg since it doesn't really, it's not going to really change anything for you if you limp on that one already? I mean, that's just me offering to be considerate. I can shoot you in the good leg. I don't know how this works. I don't have a, a leg like that. So I don't know if it'll fuck you up more or less if I go for the good one or the bad one. I'm, I'm asking for your input here, sir. I'm being kind. Just to give everybody... That's, that's equity right there. Just everybody who's listening in your headphones right now, if you're in your car, he is talking about shooting a crippled person in their bad leg. Because otherwise, it'd be bigoted. Because he took a shot at Kenny that accidentally killed me. And then the podcast was over. Now, Kenny, to get retribution, Dude, goes I believe, out and offers him I, an opportunity. I believe in radical equality. Radical equality. Equality works both ways. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't so great. Like like I said, if I, if he shot at me, and I didn't shoot him, that would be bigoted to me. Because if he was able-bodied, I would definitely shoot him. So it's like I, I can't, I can't change I the rules for you. I don't understand or, why you wouldn't just talk to the guy and like because he was shooting at me, Shane. You are really becoming very liberal. Well, let's just talk it out. No, once they start firing shots, the time to talk it out is over. Listen, all I'm saying is... I was talking it out. I was giving him some options that I wouldn't normally give. That, that's where it goes beyond equality. Equality would have been I just shot him. But in, in the sense of equity, I have gone and made an offer to let him pick good leg, bad leg. <laughs> so now he has an option that a normal person wouldn't have. And that's okay. That's not bigotry. That's equity because I'm making up for him that he has a good, bad leg. 
giving him an option a normal person wouldn't have. Giving him a little lift up. <laughs> a, a hand. A little, a little yes. A, a leg up, if you a, will. A leg up for his leg down. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're going to get letters. <laughs> don't, cut, don't quit making the cut thing at me. You can't handle cut. the fire. Get out of the kitchen, Shane. Cut, sir. Remember, Shane makes me say all these things. His don't email make address shit. is Shane. Hey, we can keep this going right now. Shane I, at NTIO. No, it's NTIO pod at gmail.com. There you go. That's where you send your complaints because I won't read them anyway. And Kenny says the Ken Baldwin show at Gmail. What, cut that out? That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is about over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. All life have a balance. Everything be better.